Hey, hi, hello, and welcome to another episode of me talking about some pretty cool peeps in the STEM world. I honestly love doing this, but doing the research is a lot of work. I guess I just like the talking part, but apparently talking a lot means you're dumb. But also cursing a lot means you're a fucking genius. So am I like this mediocre middle? Like, am I just like right there, right in the soft middle of it all? Who knows? I don't. Apparently people would always say like, studies show, studies show. Where are these studies? What are they showing? Where did you get them? Who is funding them? What's going on? Why should I believe you? Now, do I want to do my own research on this part? No. And on this part, I mean like those who talk a lot are stupid and those who fucking cuss are fucking geniuses. But like, I don't want to do that. So if anyone does actually look that stuff up, let me know. See what you find out. Is it credible sources? Just some questions, you know what I mean? Let's get going. Hi, I'm Leary Donaletti, and I like to talk about Boston Bays because why the fuck not? Everyone, welcome. Not really, but metaphorically. Maria Mitchell, who was born on August 1st, 1818 in Nantucket, Massachusetts. She was able to be educated because she was a Quaker, who I have a brain fart right now. Anyway, she was a Quaker, and Quaker believes that both sexes should have an education. Fun fact, my AP history teacher was a Quaker. That's all I got. During Sabbath, laughter was forbidden. The Mitchells was not fond of this. So when the kids would play, they had to play in the attic and they had to be very quiet and not laugh so hard to where the neighbors would hear them. Apparently, pianos were also frowned upon on um, because the Mitchells had a piano in their home and not very many people were fond of it. But here's a cool thing about living in the early 1800s in Nantucket, Massachusetts, the possibility of having any sort of light pollution was extremely slim. So, guess what you could do at night? Look up in the sky, you could see stars. So many stars, in fact. And that's what Maria Mitchell and her father did. They would go up on the roof and just stare about the stars and question and wonder and really let their brains flow. At the age of nine, Maria entered public school. She didn't really like it at most because it seemed like it was only memorization and she wanted to learn concepts. That's what's important, everyone. Learn concepts. That will get you so far in life. I wish when I was in my undergrad and community college, I really put more effort into that. But anyway, there's my two cents on life. So... Her dad had also planned on opening up his own school because he kind of agreed with Maria. And her father was a huge influencer. Influence on Maria. Not influencer. Oh my god, can you imagine influencers in the 1800s? Like, what would they talk about? (laughs) Who are they influencing? Which bread to buy? So anyway, her father was a huge influence on her. Once again, they would watch the night skies and they would get so fascinated. I mean, it wasn't just them, it was the whole family. And how can you not? The night sky is completely gorgeous. 
Her father helped her in teaching of astronomy, mathematics, and some navigation. Her mother was a librarian, and they had access as to so many different types of books as possible. So of course, Maria was able to just have her brain soak up as much knowledge as possible. By the time she was 12, she helped her father calculate an exact moment of a solar eclipse. And at the age of 14, she rated some, some chronometers, which are basically ship clocks. Now, this wasn't planned. She should just go and be like, I'm going to do this. I'm going to rate all these chronometers. What actually ended up happening was that her father was out one night. Well, he wasn't home. He was probably on another job. And the captain of a ship came and needed some help with this. Since her father wasn't there, she wasn't about to be like, okay, sorry, he's not here. You got to go because that's business and money is money. So her and her sister basically stayed up all night to rate that ship clock. And the next day her dad came home, checked her calculations, and he was like, this is a 10 out of 10. Verbatim, that's exactly what came out of his mouth. I don't know where the references are, but they're somewhere. At the age of 16, she decided to stop going to the Quaker school because they're pretty fucking racist. Anyone could get an education as long as you're white. And she didn't like that. She believed that anyone should be able to get education because she had a brain. Duh. So I believe her father actually ended up building the school and that's where she continued her education. In the following years, she became Nantucket's librarian. Now, the thing is, when she was a librarian, she didn't stop learning about the sky. She continued to work with the father and gained as much knowledge as possible. She later discovered Mitchell's Comet. How this ended up happening was that her and her father were both sitting on a roof observing the sky, as usual, with their Dolan refracting telescope, when a blurry line came out of nowhere. She has not seen anything like that before. So she checked their charts to be exact, and yeah, it wasn't even in her charts. She later realized that she had discovered a comet. This was on October 1st, 1847. February of 1848, she submitted her own calculations of the comet's orbit. She later received a gold medal from King Frederick of Denmark. A year later, she was given the title as an astronomer. But some would call her an astronomeress. I actually think I got that from the website. I don't think I came up with that lame joke. I actually think I got it. Or maybe I came up with it. I, I could potentially have come up with that. When she received the medal, she became elected to the American Academy of Arts and Science, which is top notch. Shortly after, she started to be more of a women's advocate and believed that women should get more scholarships and a better education. So some of her works throughout include tracking of Venus's movements, as well as putting together tables of the planets positioned for the sailors. This is their way of navigation. She later actually ended up leaving her librarian job to travel throughout Europe to educate others. And guess what? She was able to bump into some pretty fucking cool scientists such as the Herschels and Mary Somerville. It's like kind of like the adventures, but with scientists. I guess Iron Man is a scientist, so I don't know where I was going with that. Hmm. When we're returning from her trip, she found out that her mother was dying. She had also lost her nephew to smallpox prior to. 
Soon after her mother's passing, she moved to Lynn, Massachusetts with her father and sister. She continued to work throughout and was later approached by Matthew Vassar. He offered her a job teaching astronomy at the women's college that he was planning to build, but she didn't feel as if the job title should have gone to her since she was lacking a college degree. But let's be serious. This woman proved how smart she was, so yeah, make her a fucking teacher. She ended up accepting the positions and started teaching in 1865. Sorry, I'm just checking to make sure that was the right year. I'm pretty sure. Oh my goodness gracious. <laughs> so she started teaching in 1865. The school, though, had really strict rules, and Maria, of course, was not fond of those strict rules. She actually ended up waking up her students so they can go watch a meteor shower. And then when she was caught, she was basically like, it is so sad that these students who are learning astronomy cannot observe the night sky. Because the only way you can observe the night sky is during the night. And there are certain periods of times which you can see certain stars and as well as seasons too. Like it is a whole shipping. I'm pretty sure she just threw that all into their face to make sure that they felt bad after that. Soon after taking the position, her father passed away. She knew that he wanted her to continue on, and so she did. She later joined the growing movement of women's rights and even traveled to Russia, where she was able to see women who were not only allowed to vote, but also got paid the same as men. She was so persistent to change this in her own workplace. In 1873, Maria and other women formed a congress for the Vassar College, to which she became more of an advocate for women's rights and equality. Her contributions to the college itself was a reason as to why Vassar College had great success. Even though she was respected by many, she realized it was her time to go. But by the time she retired in 1888, she was not able to get to the point to where she could see equal pay and women being women just having the rights that women deserve because we're human but she did bring that social issue out in front so it can be dealt with and in my opinion that is the hardest thing to do the hardest thing is to start anything finishing off is easy but starting it it's hard about a year later after her retirement maria passed away in lynn massachusetts but with that, she left a legacy. Speaking of legacies, let's go over her accomplishments. Oh my gosh. Speaking of legacies, let's go over her accomplishments. Shall we? Of course, first and foremost, discovering a comet and naming it after herself, I would call that a 10 out of 10. Being a part of the Academy of Arts and Science, getting acknowledged by the King of Denmark, receiving two honorary degrees in 1853 and 1887, having a crater on the moon named after her, and also the Maria Mitchell Association of Nantucket being created, and last but not least, named a National Women's History Month honoree in 1989 for the National Women's History Project. With that said, isn't it crazy how people end up being nominated or award after their death i'm wondering if her if there's any bloodlines of her that's still here i don't think so but i gotta say it's crazy so to all the boss dem babes out there you guys are amazing 
excited to see what accomplishments you create. And for the next time, I'll be talking about none other than Florence Nightingale. I'm Larry Totaletti, and I like to talk about Boston Bays because why the fuck not? Thank you.